Hey everybody, it's Jake and I am alone in the basement. Tonight, or why am I saying tonight? It's the fucking morning. Jesus Christ. This morning, uh, I'm going to be talking to Big Juicy, uh, which I'm really excited for because I, I think she's a fun wrestler, but she also can do uh, some, some big time moves and just someone that I enjoy watching. And uh, I love the personality. So that's what is going to make this one awesome for me. Uh, besides that, uh, I forgot to bring my extension cord down to the basement, so it's darker in here than normal, so that's fucking wonderful. It's gonna be great ambiance over here. So, uh, yeah, that's pretty much all I got. You know the deal. Sit through the ad, and then we're on the way back. Big Juicy. Alright guys, hold on. Alright everybody, we are back, and we are with Big Juicy. Again, thank you so much for doing this, Juicy. I really appreciate it. Absolutely, I'm so happy to be here. All right, so we'll just uh, get it started with the generic bullshit question that, you know, you've probably been hit with a thousand fucking times. Uh, when did you start watching wrestling? But was there any uh, any moment, like, while watching, you knew that you had been hooked and you were going to be a fan for life? Oh, yeah. I mean, I remember, so I wasn't, like, right off the rip always into wrestling. I, like, accidentally came across it, like, flipping through the channels one day when I was probably, like, eight or nine years old. And I was, like, flipping through, and I was, like, Dad, what are they doing? I was, like, because I pulled it up, and there's, like, a, like just craziness, chaos everywhere on the screen. I'm eight, nine years old. I don't know what I'm watching. I'm, like, Dad, what's going on? And he's, like, uh, this is wrestling, kid. I was, like, I thought wrestling was different. He's, like, well, there's different kinds of wrestling, and this is kind of, like, part of it. I was, like, okay. So then we continued to sit there and watch the rest of the show. And at the end of it, I was, like, Dad, can we watch this every time it's on? He's, like... Yeah, and then from then I was hooked. So, like, I I was interested pretty consistently from about, like, eight or nine until about my sophomore year of high school. And then uh, I kind of, like, did some, like, self-evaluation. I was like, I don't know any other females that are into <laughs> wrestling to the extent that I am. And I was, you know, you're in high school and you're kind of worried about what people think about you. So I kind of let people get into my head and I kind of stopped watching wrestling for a couple of years. Um, and like looking back, I'm like so mad at myself for doing that because when I was high, in high school, my sophomore year, that was probably like 2009, 2010. Um, so I missed out on some good stuff, but it wasn't until about 2012, 2013, I got back into it and I haven't left it behind ever since. And I mean, I, I never thought of it that way in the sense of, you know, women kind of getting, a, you know, like a weird eye for being into wrestling. Oh, yeah. I mean, well, where I where I live, you know, most of the girls, like when I was in high school and like where I where I am, um, most of the girls were like, you know, into, you know, all those typical girly things. And there I was thinking I was the tomboy because I listened to like punk rock music and liked watching wrestling. <laughs> so I didn't really fit the mold of the typical girl that uh, went to my high school. So I kind of, you know, let my uh, outside influences get the best of me at that point. And that's just the thing that kind of sucks when we're younger like that because we're so kind of worried about everyone else's perception of us that we don't really become confident in ourselves yet to just kind of do what we want, and that sucks. Yeah, absolutely, and I, like, totally fell victim to that. And looking back, I'm, like, kicking myself, <laughs> like, thinking, why did you do that? 
I mean, it happens, but I mean, you still made it, so it worked out. <laughs> <laughs> it did. So I, you know, I got over it. I was like, screw it. I'm going to start watching wrestling again. And then it wasn't until I got, um, not the relationship that I'm in now, but a previous relationship where um, the guy I was seeing, he was like, you like wrestling? I was like, yeah, why? He's like, I love wrestling. So I was like, okay, like I can actually geek out again. Like I like could sit here and have these conversations with someone like this is awesome. Um, and then, you know, that relationship didn't end up working out, but then it's just continued. And I went from being a fan to going to train and here I am uh, working shows and, you know, heading out to promotions and it's like come full circle. And that's, that's awesome. I love stories like that, that really just kind of show, you know, at the end, if you just push hard enough, you can achieve what you want and be who you want to be. Exactly. Um, so I'm assuming you started watching WWE. Yes. Okay. Uh, who were some of your favorites when you were like growing up and watching? Um, growing up, I mean, I was automatically drawn to Jeff Hardy and Matt Hardy. Um, because I mean, look at them. They just jump off anything. (laughs) They take the craziest bumps. They have like charisma up the wazoo when they're in the ring. Like I just, my eye automatically went to them. Um, I was also super into, you know, going along with the Hardys, super into Lita because she's badass. Um, and then, I mean, other favorites, I mean, that I think I'll, will be my favorites until the end of time, probably, um, are definitely The Rock and um, Dusty Rhodes. Oh, big dust. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. I'm going to tell a story now that's going to get me a shit ton of hate. And I'll just say it because I kind of regret it. Uh, so the WrestleMania, the, what was it? 29 that was in Jersey Uh that had, uh, rock Cena. I got my, my wife, my brother-in-law and I got lost looking for our car and we wound up where the wrestlers come out. Uh And so we're hanging around. I actually bumped into Curtis Axel before he was even on the main roster. I was like, holy shit, it's Joe Hennig. He's like, oh, Hey, what's up? Wow. And Dusty comes out, and I've kind of been super critical of Dusty's booking throughout the years, and I yelled into his face, your booking ruined wrestling. Oh, <laughs> oh God. Yeah, and then, then when he passed, I'm like, holy shit, dude, the only encounter you ever had with him is where you said that to him, not, oh, man, you know, you were super charismatic, you know, all the stuff you did in Mid-Atlantic that was great, you know, your Florida shit. All you said to him was, you're booking ruined wrestling. You're a fucking asshole. And I felt so <laughs> shitty about myself. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, I was like, wow. I mean, I mean that, that's, that's a wild story. That is a wild, <laughs> absolutely wild story. Um, yeah, no, I mean, Dusty, he just, I mean... I wish I had ever gotten the chance to meet him or just see him in person. Um, but he's just someone that I watch in the ring and like, you just see that like he, he bled for this business. Like it just oozed out of him. Oh yeah. Um, and not to mention like you give that man a microphone and he like, it's fantastic. Oh yeah. He's, he's just one of those dudes who had it. He had the, you know, 
the, the thing you can't teach. He had, and despite, you know, everything he said, son of a plumber, you know, big, he's a big dude who probably shouldn't have been as athletic as he was at times. And then he was just the man. Right. And to think that like the path that he was supposed to be taking in life, he was supposed to be a professional football player. Right. And then became a professional wrestler, did all these fantastic things. And then at the end of the day, became a mentor and someone that people could go to and confide to um, towards the end of his days when he was at NXT developmental. And I sometimes feel like people don't always necessarily understand the the drawing power he still had. Like, think of the stuff he did in ECW with Carino. He still brought in yeah. fans. I think, he, if I remember right, he was on the last WCW pay-per-view. And I think it was him and Dustin against Flair. And I can't remember if Flair was with David or not. But that was still, like, one of the highlights of the shows to the crowd. Because fucking Dusty was there. And yeah. that's nuts. Yeah. Man was powerful. Have you ever seen any of the bloopers of his promos? Um, I've seen a handful. Okay, those I think those get me more than the promos. Like the one where he's talking oh, about he's gonna have some gorilla there and there's gonna be gorilla shit everywhere. That one had me dying. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I did see that one though. That one was pretty awesome. <laughs> Alright, um, so when was the moment you decided, all right, I'm gonna be a wrestler? I mean, I had always, so, you know, everyone has, like, their bucket list things that they want to achieve in their life. And once I had gotten into wrestling for that second time, you know, after I got over myself of being like, yeah, you can be a girl that's into wrestling, whatever. Um, once I got over that, I kind of put it on my list of, like, things that, like, if I could accomplish or, like, at least try in my lifetime, I would, I would die happy. So put it on my bucket list is like hey i'd like to take like a seminar or like you know just go somewhere and train and like see what happens um so let's see when was this it was the it was the end of 2018 um i was just wrapping up um finishing my master's degree uh, so I just finished all my requirements. I'm done. I have no more things to do because it ate up a lot of my schedule um, working full-time and being a grad student full-time. And my friend, who actually is a local indie wrestler in the area, I've known him since high school, and he goes, hey, he's like, you're still into wrestling, right? I was like, uh, yeah. He's like, hey, did you know that there's this place out in, because um, I'm from Westfield, Mass." Um, and he's like, hey, there's this place out in Holyoke, uh, Kevin Landry's Pro Wrestling Combine. That's where I've been going, and they're ready for a group of new people to come in and start training. I was like, no, they're not. Oh, he was like, yeah, they are. Why? I was like, this would be my moment to do it. I just finished my last degree that I'm ever planning on getting because I'm not going any further. <laughs> I don't want to be a student the rest of my life like that. Um, and... I have all this availability now. Like, if I'm going to do it, this is my moment. So, you know what? I said, screw it. I signed up. I got the information on it. And I didn't tell my parents until about, like, <laughs> uh, two weeks before um, training started. I was like, oh, by the way, I signed up for wrestling. And I'm already committed. So, even if you don't like the idea, I'm still going to do it. <laughs> so, I signed up 
at the end of 2018 and then January, beginning of January 2019, I started training. And that's awesome. Now, uh, I wasn't aware you have a master's degree. That's amazing. Be super proud of yourself for that. <laughs> and yeah, sidebar, I do have my master's. Um, <laughs> it's in applied behavior analysis. Um, and if you're not kind of aware what that is, it's kind of like a branch of psychology that is largely known for working with um, individuals with autism and developmental disabilities. And it's it's really important work, and sometimes you don't get enough credit for it that you deserve. So you are doing stuff both in and out of the ring that means a lot to people. So always remember Thank that. Thank you. And, Thank you. Uh, I mean, I can understand not wanting your doctorate, but even if you did it, then you could change your ring name to Dr. Juicy, and that would be just as much of a sweet name. <laughs> that would be something. Oh, Lord. Listen, you're like on my mom's bandwagon. She's been pushing me just, you know, a couple more years and you can have your PhD. I'm like, yeah, a couple of years and a lot of gray hairs and a lot of stress. Yeah, right. Just to maybe make some more money. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I think it's funny that you didn't tell them until right up to the moment. How did they react? Um, My mom was mortified. She was like, she's like, so what? You're just... Because, again, my mom is, you know, was supporting me and, like, trying to push me to get my uh, doctorate. So she was like, you just paid how many thousands of dollars for six and a half years of schooling for you to just push that aside and try and become a wrestler? And I was like, Mom, I'm not abandoning my degrees. I'm not, you know, saying screw my schooling, screw every other plan I had in my life. I just want to try this. Um, and then my dad, my dad was pretty gung-ho about it, um, because, I mean, this is gonna sound terrible, but, like, love my brother to death, but he is a very small individual, he's very long and lean, and he always thought, my dad always thought he was gonna get his, like, you know, his, his uh, his sports player, like, his football player, his baseball player, his wrestler, his this, his that. And, uh, I mean, my brother did technical wrestling, but my dad was like, oh, you're going to be a wrestler? I was like, yeah, I'm going to try it. Why not? He's like, all right. So, like, my dad has been, like, gung-ho about this from, like, day one. That's awesome, though, that, you know, he has that much support in you. Oh, absolutely. He's been my everything when it's come to wrestling. He He's been my videographer and filmed all my matches. He's... Um, taken on like kind of a, a PR perspective and he does my merch and my photos and like he's the jack of all trades and once I told him I wanted to do this he was like I'm on board what do you need me to do that's great that's awesome I love that that's that's it's a family affair yeah and that's <laughs> the best like when you get support like that that's like undescribable of how important that is I mean, my mom, my mom, you know, once she, like, because she didn't really ever see me wrestle until, like, my first match. Because I never, you know, you don't bring, you know, an audience to the dojo to watch you train. <laughs> but I'd show, like, little clips or I'd film little, like, segments of things I was working on and different skills. And i bring it home and i show them. And she's like, how do you do that? I was like, Mom, you'll just have to wait and see one day. And then um, I'll never forget. There was one match um, 
you shut up and wrestle series that takes place at my um, training facility at Kevin Landry's. And um, we had a, I had a story going with, um, I don't know if you're familiar with Daje Simone. Um, I had a story going with her. Initially, I was a heel. She was the face and she was going for her heel turn on me. And um, I got an acoustic guitar broken over my head. And I did not tell my mother about it on purpose <laughs> because I, I told my dad, and my dad's like, awesome, that's so cool. <laughs> Initially, it was supposed to get broken over my back. Um, but then, you know, Kevin, we he saw the guitar ahead of time, and he didn't know what was going to happen. He's like, what's happening with the guitar? And we just closed to him, like, oh, she's going to do her heel turn. She's going to smash it across my back. Um and he goes, oh, no, 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 no. If you're going to break that guitar, it's going over your head, kid. I was like, okay, sure. Yeah, because you don't, you don't say no to your trainer. Right. That's just, that's the thing. Like, you don't, that is like your second father. You say, okay, dad. Yes, dad. So, um, so yeah, we changed the storyline a little, but I did give my dad the heads up about the guitar. He was so about it. He's like, yeah, that's great. I was like, don't tell mom. She's going to freak out. Um, so then it happened. And afterwards, my mom was livid. Um, she was like, how could you not tell me you were going to do this? Like, that's so dangerous. What if, what if, like, you didn't take it the correct way and you got concussed? And I was like, but I'm not. So we're good. And uh, she's like, if you think you're ever doing any of that hardcore stuff with all those crazy things, you're never going to do it. I won't go. I won't go to the match. And I was like, okay. <laughs> oh, that's crazy. She's like so worried. Oh, so worried. And I'm like, you know, we we learn how to work safely. I mean, yeah, some things happen. That's part of the business. It's part of the work. But like, as long as you keep your safety and your training in your mind, whenever you're doing something new, you're good. Yeah, and that's the best way to look at it. Or you know. Just hope for the best. I mean, as you said, it's nothing's ever really a guarantee, but it's never the right. intention to hurt anyone. Exactly. Exactly. Now, uh, you mentioned that you picked Kevin Landry's school. Was it because it was closest? Was that one of the reasons? Yeah, I mean, and I know, like, there's amazing schools, like, out near Boston and Rhode Island and Connecticut. Um, but, yeah, it was just the closest to me. Um uh, again, I had my friend who had gone through the process and training, um, and he spoke really highly of it, um, and he said he had a good experience there, so I was like, sure, why not? And then, lo and behold, I knew um, I knew people that had also gone there, but without even knowing, so. <laughs> and what was training like for you? Uh, the f- <laughs> so, I trained under... Um, I've trained under two people technically. So the beginning of my training, I started with, um, Chi. Um, so he's part of, um, you know, the arsenal with the great Nuka and 50 cal and 12 gauge. Um, so I started training with him and right off the rip, he was like, your whole first month of training is going to be conditioning. And I was like, what? So, like, going into the first day of training, I was like, okay, we're going to go. We're going to talk. We're going to meet everyone. You know, we might go over, like, a couple things, and, like, that's it. Oh, no. We walked in. He led us through a head-to-toe body stretch, and then we started running laps around the gym. And, like, 
I try to kind of prepare myself for this and, you know, I mean, I, it's no secret. I'm a bigger girl, but like my cardio and my stamina was not there. So running the first day, I was like, Oh, I can't stop. I can't stop. I'm going to look weak. If I stop, I can't stop. So even if I was like speed walking, I was still moving. Um, (laughs) but the whole first month was conditioning. It was agility. It was, um, a lot of stretching because he, he was stressing, like, you know, wrestlers are flexible. Like someone might put you into a hold and it might feel weird. So if you like, you can trust your body and you're flexible, then you know, you'll be safe. Um, and the whole, yeah, the whole first month, it was brutal. Um, mind this when i started it was in january so we would sweat our asses off and then leave and go into the cold ass winter of new england and like i was like oh my god i can't feel my legs all my muscles are tightening um (laughs) but it was i mean the beginning was great we so we did conditioning and then you know we got into our basic bumps and running the ropes and i'll never forget the first bump class so you know we do we learn the basic bumps and remember like I'll never forget someone was on all fours making a box for me so I could practice a box bump and I remember getting into position I'm standing behind the person squatting hands are arms are in position and I go to jump and I literally face plant into the person's back so my face is just smushed into their back dead weight and then I just topple over them and I was like Oh, I was like, oh, my God, I am so sorry. They're like, nah, that hurt you more than it hurt me. I was like, oh, thanks. <laughs> um, but my body went into absolute shock that first night um, to the point where I was, like, walking because the combine is up two flights of stairs in this big abandoned, like, factory warehouse. Uh, so I'm walking down the stairs, two flights of stairs, and I'm like, oh, my God. I was like, don't. I was like don't move. I was, um, I started wrestling actually with my uh, current boyfriend now. And I was like, hold my hand. I need help. I don't know if I'm going to make it down the stairs. (laughs) (laughs) And I actually, that night I was like such a baby about it. I took an ice bath. I mean, don't feel bad. (laughs) I'm the same way. If I had to do that, I probably, well, I mean, last time I wrestled, I was kind of in shape, but I mean, if I had to do anything like that now, I'd probably just die. I'm, I'm, I'd roll over and have a heart attack. I'm like, I haven't bumped in probably two and a half months at this point. I was like, do I even remember how to do this? Well, it's like I was, uh, what was it? Kathleen was joking about how she was just going to go bump in her yard to know what it feels like again. I was like, do it. Make it the next Twitter challenge. We have all these people taking bumps in their yards. I've like heavily considered it. Like, even if it's just a back bump onto the ground, like, I don't even know. It's, it's crazy. But I mean, once I got past the initial shock of like, Hey, this is how you bump. Um, you know, uh, it's funny because it's like, you just put your body through it until it stops hurting. And then you realize that's the way you're supposed to do it. So once it stops hurting, you'll never forget what you did just to not hurt. I don't know (laughs) what it was for me. Bumps never really bothered me the ropes fucking bothered me they never stopped bothering me oh see i would the ropes i'd take that for days are you kidding me i'll never forget the first time i got a hard true irish whip from buckle to buckle to eat the buckle take a hard buckle to the back 
and I got tore up. <laughs> my side was scraped because there was like exposed wires. Because like oh. you know your 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 gym rings aren't always in the best shape. Um, they get they get bruised and beaten just as bad as the wrestlers do. Um, so I I went to sit into the corner and take the buckle, and my whole right side got scraped up from an exposed cable. And I had this gnarly bruise that was probably a good like five inches wide. Holy shit! And I, my whole my whole side was purple for like a week and a half. Oh. But oh. I mean, you know what? So yeah, those sound like terrible horror stories <laughs> from the first couple months. But clearly, it didn't break me enough to the point where I was like, "Okay, I'm all done." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, I mean, in the end, it it taught you a lot of stuff, and that's what's important. Yeah, like, there were points where I was like, do I really want to keep doing this? Like, there were days where I'd wake up and, like, I like I was like, my body is killing me. Do I still <laughs> want to do this? And I was like, yep, just got to keep going. So. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, that's a hard thing sometimes is just convincing yourself that, you know, this is worth it. It's, it's still something I want to do and I want to go through with. And, I don't know, I feel like with diehard wrestling fans who decide they want to be wrestlers it's a little different than other people if they're just trying wrestling because in our minds it's like this is what i want to do this is who i want to be i want to be like the people i see at shows or on tv so right. it's always in your mind of don't give up on this just keep pushing forward absolutely and i mean if, if you want it bad enough you'll take those bumps you'll take those bruises you know, you might sprain something, pull something. Hell, I broke my thumb doing something I never thought I'd break my thumb doing. Uh, um, and it sucks, and there's setbacks, but, you know, you just push through it. Yeah, that's all you can do. And breaking your thumb sucks. Uh, that happened to me when I was a kid, so I know. I broke my thumb on my dominant hand doing a leg drop. Okay, yeah, that's different. <laughs> never don't put your hands down don't put your hands down like i kevin told me horror stories about how he witnessed this guy do a leg drop from the top rope oh. and put his hands down and instantly broke both his wrists so here i am i'm just you know sunday morning training session whatever doing my thing go to hit the ropes run hit a leg drop and for whatever reason i fell off and i put my hand down and I jammed my thumb, and I made a clean break above the knuckle. It was so dumb. Oh. Yeah, my story isn't as, as cool as that. Mine just got slammed in a door. I was so mad. <laughs> I was so mad at myself. I don't, think I, I don't think I've done a leg drop since. I'm still a little salty. <laughs> That's fair. I mean, they're kind of overdone anyway. <laughs> uh, crazy. Now... This is the one of the questions I was really looking forward to when I was coming up with them. Where does the name Big Juicy come from? Oh, Lord have mercy. It's a story and a goddamn half. <laughs> um, excuse my language. Oh, no. I say uh, fuck all the time. You're fine. <laughs> okay. I, I, I try to be really good. I really do try to be good because sometimes I have the mouth of a sailor. <laughs> um, so, um, where do I even begin? All right. So. I get approached, um, I'm in training one day at Kevin's, and I get approached um, by Honest Abe, and he says, hey, we're looking to get a free school show 
um, organized in the next month. And he's like, I think you're ready. I want to book you for the show. I was like, uh, what? (laughs) I was like, here I thought I had, like, at least past my one-year mark of training to, um, you know, worry about when I would first work a show. So to put this into perspective, I started training uh, January 2019. This is October. So, you know, it's been a good... How many months is that? February... January, February, April, May, June, July, August, September. Okay, nine months. Nine months. Um, I'm like, oh, okay, you want to put me in? Okay, I'm going to wrestle in a month. Okay, great. So I start scrambling at that point. I'm like, oh, my God, I need gear. I need to figure out who I am. Like, what am I going to be? Am I a heel or am I a face? And I'm like, wait, you don't worry about that part. You work whatever your promoter needs you to work. Um, So... I'm scrambling. I find a local woman to make me some cheap, basic gear because, you know, being a bigger woman, it's not as easy to Google, you know, basic um, generic wrestling gear online. So I had to go find someone. So I get my gear made and then it's like a week before the event. And I've been like in training. I've just been working on like psychology and, you know, making sure that like, I understand all the basic components of matches and yada, yada, yada. Um, and so it's a week before and Abe comes up to me. And he goes, Hey, so what's your, what's your name going to be? What's your gimmick? Who are you? And I was like, um, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I have gear. This is what it looks like. That's all I got right now. So he was like, you'll, you'll figure it out. And Kevin, Kevin is convinced because we would do practice matches at the combine and Kevin's like, you know what? You're a heel. You're going to be a heel. Look at you. You're a big girl. You're scary. You're a heel. (laughs) I was like, okay, sure. Kev. Yes, dad, you got it. Um, so we're training, we're practicing. It's the day of the event. I've got my gear. It's a pretty solid look for a first set of gear. Um, and so I've got my gear, I've got, you know, my hair, my makeup, that I'm going to sweat off in five seconds anyway. Because, <laughs> um, you know, us women, we get all, uh, women workers, we get all made up and we put on this great front and then we look like we just took like a shower with our clothes on because we sweat all our makeup off in the ring. Um, so I feel good, I look the part and then they're like, all right, what's your name, kid? I was like, I don't know. And I was toying around with the name Roxy at first. Um, because growing up, I don't know if you're aware of the, like the skateboard surf company, Roxy. I used to wear a lot of Roxy, Roxy brand clothing. So it's like Roxy, something basic. I connect with it, whatever. But I was like Roxy. And then I don't know what I'm going to use for the second half. And, um, one of the other promoters that was organizing stuff with Abe, he looks at me, he goes, Roxy star, Roxy star. That's going to be your name. Cause you can always change it. I was like, all right, whatever. Cool. At that point, I didn't care if you called me like, hey, you, like, I just (laughs) wanted the first match to be under my belt in the books and done. Um, So for the first couple shows of the Shut Up and Wrestle series at the school, I was Roxy Star and I was a heel. And then so fast forward, maybe about two or three, um, two or three shows in the series. I'm in the middle of the heat um, in a match. I'm working heat on Daje Simone. I'm working her, I'm working her. And all of a sudden, in the crowd, I hear, Juicy, Juicy. 
juicy. And I look up and there's these three biker dudes standing up chanting juicy. And I'm like, they're not talking about me. I'm still super new. I'm not even going to worry about and engage with the audience right now. I got to finish this match. <laughs> so we finish the match, go back to the locker room. The rest of the show happens. And I come out at the end. And the three biker guys come up to me and they're like, "Yo, did you hear us chanting for you, Juicy? I'm like, what? They're like, yeah, you know, you big girl, you're Juicy, you're big Juicy. And then I was like, okay. So it like caught on. And then the next show, I was still Roxy Star. But then the entire audience started chanting Juicy. So I was like, first of all, I'm a heel. No one should be chanting for me. Um, if you're, if you're doing your job right. right. So after that show, I go back to the curtain and Kevin looks at me and goes, congratulations, kid. How does it feel to be a face? I was like, but I'm not trying to be. He's like, dude, people are catching on to you. So after that, I was like, you know what? Screw it. Um, Roxy Star, quite honestly, sounds like something that you look up on the web under a certain website that you could view certain content on if you catch what I'm saying. <laughs> Um, so I, you know, Big Juicy was over, it was popping, um, so I dropped Roxy Star, I became Big Juicy, and then we kind of worked out that whole heel face turn, um, for myself and Dajay, and Big Juicy was born and created from three biker dudes. <laughs> I love that that's where it came from, that it wasn't anything you like thought up in your mind because some, mm -hmm. sometimes i like it when your name comes from like other people around you that come up with it but for it to be people that random that you've never met before that's even I crazier i've never met them a day in my <laughs> life and they are like they're they're these big biker dudes i can't remember what type of fight club or chapter they belong to <laughs> but they like after that initial interaction with them they started bringing like chapters of people from all over the place to the shows and then I look out in the audience and I've got like four rows full of just biker people out here to see Big Juicy. I'm like where did this come from? <laughs> that has to be a weird like first uh, gain of popularity for it to be from that crew. Right. I'm like I'm like never in my life would I have expected to Get my wrestling, like, name and basic gimmick just handed to me and named by three biker guys I never encountered, never said boo to. Like, it's just, that's just the beauty of, like, how truly random some of the aspects of this business could be. Oh, yeah, that's one of my favorite things about wrestling is how, like, weird moments are just little things and just sometimes just being at the right place at the right time changes everything for some people. Absolutely. And that, that could not be a more accurate statement for how big juicy became big juicy. <laughs> I love that story. That's a great one. Now, why would you say that your personality fits pro wrestling? Um, I think my, so when I was a heel, it was very hard for me to kind of make that distinction and that connection um, because except for the fact that, you know, I am, I am a larger individual than most of my um, female opponents, you know, 
I didn't really feel like, ooh, I can portray this big bad guy. Like, ooh, I'm a jerk. I'm mean. Um, but, you know, once I kind of, I, I had that shift in character from becoming a heel to a face, Big Juicy as a face is just truly who I am. Amped up a couple notches. Um, because naturally I'm very outgoing. I'm very extroverted. Um, like in high school, I was voted class loudest for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, the whole like trying to be this bigger and larger than life character in the ring. I was like, okay, that's cool. I can do that. Um, and I mean, I'm still trying to find my own and how I fit into this whole business and how I portray who I am in the ring. Um, because again, I only started working shows in October and then the last show that I worked was March 14th. So I was really working on me and my gimmick and who I was in the ring until, you know, the whole world decided to shut down. Um, <laughs> but I think that in terms of how my personality fits into wrestling, it's just me. Like, and it feels good that I can, I can just be me in the ring and just be a little extra. And you know what? People are, people are gravitating towards it. Like, it's kind of cool. I don't have to pretend to be a gimmick or pretend to be this or pretend to be that. It feels really good just to be really loud and enthusiastic <laughs> and over the top and just like, let loose and people be like, yeah, you're crazy. And we are too. And we connect to that. <laughs> I, I've said it before on the show multiple times, but some of my favorite gimmicks are just people, you know, using their own personalities and amping them up. Cause I feel like that's so real and genuine. And I feel like that's, what's easy to connect with. Yeah. And that's the thing is like, I, I definitely, and I mean, I'm going to say this, but I am no one to be saying anything about, any part of the business really because I'm still so super green um but I've definitely noticed when you go to an event especially on the indies and you watch these people and you could just kind of see right through it you could see that like they're trying so hard to connect to whatever their said gimmick or said character is um and then it kind of takes away from the quality of like what you're watching in my opinion yeah, I totally understand that. And, I mean, kind of how you were saying, maybe some people thought that when you were, like, first trying out as a heel. Because yes. if, if you don't see yourself fitting that mold and you couldn't see yourself as, like, this monster heel, then how are right. other people supposed to see you as it? Exactly. And then you can, it's like you almost see them overthinking it. And you can see the wheels turning as as people are progressing throughout the match. Yeah, and, I mean, and that's hard, too, because, I mean... Let's be honest, there's a million wrestlers now, and I'm I, that probably is an actual number. <laughs> so to, to think of, like, something that can kind of set you apart or make you different, that's a hard thing to think of. And I feel like that's a pressure on a lot of wrestlers of, oh, well, I have to, to stand out so that I can get noticed. Not realizing that their own personality is what makes them unique, and that could also be something that helps them connect and stand out from the crowd. Absolutely. I think that... You couldn't have said anything that's, like, more accurate. That's 100% how I feel about it. Well, I'm glad we could see eye to eye on that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, how would you describe your wrestling style? Um, I mean, 
I'm still trying to figure that out, to be 100% honest. I mean, like I said, I've been into wrestling, like, in terms of, like, training since, like, it's been, what, almost a year and a half? Um, so I... Don't, I'm not going to sit here and fake it to you and be like, yeah, you know, this is my skill set. It's X, Y, Z, and I'm super <laughs> confident with it. Like, that's my backup tool belt. Like, I don't have that figured out yet. Um, all I know is I'm going to be realistic with myself. I'm not going to be doing anything crazy off the top rope. I'm not going to be, you know, trying to do some Lucha Libre, really fancy stuff. Like, I'm... So far, it's been very basic, but solid, if that makes sense. It does. Um, so I'm sticking to the basics until, you know, I learn different things. Like, I'm always actively learning and um, trying to fine-tune things. I'm always, you know, as soon as I get my hands on my own footage, I send it out for feedback to other workers. Um, so my, in terms of my wrestling style, it's very basic. Hip toss, arm drag, you know, drop toe holes, like nothing crazy. Um, but what I will say is that I'm looking to further evolve it always. Um, so it might be basic now, but, you know, check in with me another six months from now. I might have a different answer for you. Okay. And when I watched the matches of yours that I got to see, I just want to say there is so much potential with you that it's like crazy. Oh, thank you so much. That there's just so much stuff that I see that you could do. And uh, are you, how familiar are you with Joshi? Um, I am not, Okay, actually. I'll send you some... I'm still trying to navigate my way through, you know, the scene and yeah. getting to know different people and all that stuff. Uh, I'll send you some links after, because, like, when I see you, because you, you are, you're super strong, and you can tell that. You know, even when, you, you know, you're wrestling other women or wrestling guys, you can easily move them around. And that's important. And I feel like if you watch some Aja Kong or some of the other bigger... Oh, yes, Aja Kong. <laughs> yes. Yes. That if you could... I've, like, been super studying, like, Aja Kong and, like, Bull Nakano. Oh, and... yes. <laughs> That was, oh, yeah. that was the next name I was going to throw at you. But, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, no. Bull Nakano, um, Luna, China, like, powerhouses. Yeah. Dynamite Kansai's in there, too, I would think. But, I mean, I, I just saw you as, you know, as you said, as you're green. But I'm thinking, she can do this stuff. It might not happen tomorrow or the next day. But she can pull off this shit, and it's going to be fucking great. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. You know, just steps at a time. You know, this whole world shutting down really put a pause on that for the last two and a half, three months. But the second I get the green light to go back into the ring, I'm on it like a freaking fly on horses, dude. <laughs> I am so ready. Now, who would you say are people that have been helpful to you throughout your career? Oh, jeez. I mean, I. It's, I have a list because everyone, like, I feel like the more I come into contact with um, people of the indies, they've just been so welcoming and so accepting. And that was like one of my biggest fears getting into this is like, you're the new kid on the scene. How are you going to be perceived? But, you know, like um, one of the biggest um, supports that I've had in all of this, and I'm not sure if you're familiar with him, 
Um, but the King of Chaos, Logan Black. I, I have heard of him. Um, I know who he is. He has been amazing. I He and I don't live near each other, but anytime, you know, we would work, um, even before I started working shows, I would show up to put in my dues and do ring crew. Because, um, you know, that kind of like shows promoters that like you're willing to put in the work and the time until you're ready to get in the ring and perform. Um, so even when I was doing ring crew, he would always, you know, check in on me, ask me how training was going. Um, he would tell me um, names of wrestlers that I should watch footage of. And um, once I started working, he was so gracious. And he was like, hey, let me see your matches. Like, I'm super excited for you. Let me see what you're doing. Um, so I would send out my stuff to him. And he would always give me great feedback and was just always super supportive. And um, I've been really grateful for his friendship while I've been trying to navigate um, as a newer person in the scene. Um, and then in terms of, you know, females, um, I really have just been lucky enough to kind of been either ring crew for shows or working shows with some of the great um, New England talent that there is for female wrestling. So, like, Skylar, I actually have known her since high school. Um, so she, once she found out I was getting into this, she was, like, right by my side, you know, giving me advice on things and asking me how training was going and how I was feeling. And as soon as she, you know, knew I started working and what kind of reactions I was getting from crowds. She was giving me advice on, you know, you need to be able to market yourself. So invest in the merchandise early. It's never too early. Um, so she's been a really great help to me as well as like, um, two other females that have, I've been super grateful to, um, you know, start, um, interacting with more and like getting like a really good sense of like sisterhood with is, um, Davian and Ava Everett. Um, I've only been in the ring with, uh, Davey once, but like, I feel like just working with her that one time, I already learned a lot. Um, and I keep telling him like, we got to find a promotion that'll give us that singles match. <laughs> um, <laughs> but she's been really great to me. Um, you know, at shows behind the scenes, um, reaching out to me and giving me advice. She hooked me up with my um, newest gear designer, who I'm so blessed that I found because she, I can't wait to take pictures and drop my new gear because it is everything that Big Juicy is and more. <laughs> like, it's fantastic. Um, like, it, 100% my personality on fabric. Like, it's crazy. Um, and then Ava Everett has just been really great. I mean, we haven't worked shows together. Um I've, she's given me feedback when she's seen me work shows that she's been on. Um, but she's just been a really good resource. Like I've reached out to her and asked her about certain resources or like things like that. And she's always willing to help because she said she was looking for that help when she started and she got it. So she just wants to put that back into the wrestling community and the upcoming people on the Indies. So those probably are the top people that I've definitely have guided me through this since the beginning. And with Logan, that's actually awesome to have someone to look out for you that early on and to kind of be, you know, someone to hold your hand throughout 
the beginnings of all of it because it, it is super stressful when you're just you know getting out there and you're in your own head a lot I think so to have that yeah. that's awesome yeah no he's I I feel like I anytime I'm like doing my live thing on Facebook or you know just getting interviewed about something he gets name dropped like instantly and it's just I I can say nothing but good things about him because he's been so great to me throughout all this and with Skylar I think she's someone who doesn't get enough credit uh around mm-hmm. this scene because she's a fantastic wrestler and maybe not enough people see that so that's definitely one uh yes. Davey and Avra have I've had on before I can't say enough great things about either of them I I love both of them so much and oh yeah they're they are they're great people and I'm glad that Absolutely. you know you, you got an in there that you can you know go to them for guidance and stuff because they are they're great people yeah, and I, you know what? It's all about just continuing. Like, I find myself, it's just about trying to continue building those relationships with people because I, not that I've experienced them myself, but I've heard stories or, you know, witnessed it from afar of how it goes from, within this business, it goes from, like, one minute, everyone, everything's, you have a great relationship with someone and, you know, you guys are awesome to each other. And then there's the extreme where, like, people don't like each other for, like, what seems to be no apparent reason. And then people get talking and then, you know, reputations get inflamed or, like, discredited. And I just, if I could avoid any drama in the business as long as possible, that would obviously be ideal. So I just want to continue forward and keep working as hard as I can and building those relationships and taking advantage of opportunities. Definitely. And wrestling locker rooms can sometimes uh, be the same as high school. There is a lot of like petty yeah. shit that can be spread around for no reason. If just if like someone's jealous of, of another person, so they, they just say some stuff, which realistically at that age, I mean, let it go, really. <laughs> right. Right. Now... How would you describe the state of women's wrestling in New England? I think it's thriving. Like, I feel like, I mean, granted, I'm still trying to connect with a lot of, you know, still trying to get out there and, like, connect with a lot of the women's wrestlers from New England because I really only know, um, the like, the people that I've encountered. So, like, Skylar and Ava and Davey. Um, but I'm starting to, I mean, even through this quarantine, starting to connect with people um, in the New England area. So, like, Basic Becca and, like, Kathleen, you mentioned. Like, I'm starting to branch out, and I'm just, it just, it's a beautiful thing to see all these women, like, so empowered and so, like, ready to show the world that, like, we got this, too. And it just, it feels good, and it's it's, it's so inspiring especially being someone who hasn't really been in in this for that long and kind of just looking to these people who have been in it for years now and kind of just want to be like, I want to get to that level. Yeah. Women's wrestling in New England to me is, it is, it's, it's in a boom period. There's so many talented women out there wrestling and you named a, a, a bunch out there. I love Becca. She's been on the show twice. 
Uh, Kathleen's great. Uh, Paris is great. There's just so much talent there that's young, too. So I can only imagine what it's going to look like in a year or two when even more faces pop up. That would be amazing. And the the last uh, wrestling-related question I have for you is when the pandemic is over, what are some of your goals? I, anything and everything. <laughs> That's like, I, as soon as things, you know, the world opens back up and they give gyms the thumbs up and I know that it's good to be back in the ring again, I'm going straight to Holyoke and getting in that <laughs> ring and, like, I literally, no joke, am going to start right back at the basics and work my way back up to make sure I still got it because I don't know. I don't know if it's like, you know, getting back on a bike and remembering how to ride it because I've never not wrestled more than like two weeks at a time. So <laughs> it's it's going to be a really weird experience, I think, getting back into the ring and like really just reminding myself that like hey trust yourself like you've got the skills you got the abilities just you know keep going through it yeah Um, but i just i want to get back and booked on any and every show i can um any and every opportunity i'm more than ready and willing to put that work back in to get back out there yeah definitely and you know the ring rust can be real so i understand all of your worries yeah i i'm i'm like I mean, there was, when I first broke my thumb, I didn't wrestle for two weeks because I was just too scared to work around it. And then Kevin was like, it's only your thumb. You can work around it. I was like, like how, how am I going to grab someone? How am I going to? He was like, oh, so you'll just be a face and take like back heat or like leg heat for like the next couple weeks until you're cleared. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> And I did, because he's like, you know what, you might get injured in the middle of a match, and then you have to figure out how to work around it. I was like, you're not wrong. Yeah, that's a good point. At at first, I thought Kevin was just, like, busting my balls and, like, you know, oh, you you can handle it. It's a thumb. But then I thought about it after he, like, explained it to me, and I was like, god damn it, you're right. (laughs) All right, uh, so that was all the the wrestling stuff I have. We're getting close to the hour mark where Anchor cuts me off. So I'm just going to stop it, and then we'll start again, and I'll ask you the ridiculous questions. Okay. All right. (laughs) Okay, so that's going to sound like nothing if you listen back to this. It's a dumb transition. I don't know why I mention it every time, but I do because I'm a fucking idiot. Um, (laughs) (laughs) You're good. So uh, time for uh, the, the random questions that, you know, have no meaning or anything just so people, I guess, know you a little better. Um, Take it. I'm probably the randomest person you will ever meet. So random, I'm good with. Uh, what's the, what animal do you have the biggest irrational fear of? Oh God. Um, snakes. Um, any type of reptile, really. I hate reptiles. Like my brother has, um, a turtle, like a small turtle, probably no bigger than like four inches, you know, wide, like, you know, lives in a tank, not too big. And I still won't touch the damn thing. Um, and he's had it since he was five years old and he's now almost 22 and I just, I won't touch it. No, 
I don't do, my mom had a chameleon one and I just couldn't because A, it wasn't looking at me or maybe it was and I couldn't tell. Um, but I just don't do reptiles, point blank, period. I can't believe a turtle. It's just a turtle. Oh, or I mean like also kind of afraid of birds, but like working on it because my the, my mom has two birds and my sister has one. Um but, I mean, I'm working on that one, so I wouldn't say it's an irrational fear anymore. It's more of a, a desensitization, if you will. My wife is absolutely terrified of birds, and I, I'm trying to remember what zoo we were at. I want to say Philly, but I'm not sure. But there was a room with a hippo in it. And also in this room, they had large birds that were flying free. Yeah, and she acted like she was dying. Like, it, this was the moment where she was going to get eaten by these fucking birds. And it was... She's like, this is, this is how I go out. Yep. Yeah, and I, I'm, like, trying not to laugh at her because she's so genuinely fucking terrified. But I think it's hilarious at the same time. So, I mean, like, I more so had an irrational fear of clowns than anything for a majority of my life. Um, and I blame it on me being like four or five years old and scrolling through the TV to find cartoons and then finding, um, it playing on TV. I feel like it is the reason that many people of our age group are afraid of clowns. It's, that's it. It has to be it. But like, I'm telling you, like I was like 19 years old at like Cirque du Soleil and there was like, you know how they have those like vernacular vaudevillian, like mime characters that will do some like pre-show entertainment yes like he came towards me and i was in full hysterics crying at like 18 years old like but then i finally you know what i was like you know what screw this and i made myself watch the old it and both parts of the new it and i think i like just flooded myself <laughs> with scary clown exposure and now i'm okay my wife is still terrified of clowns so don't don't feel bad she's <laughs> anytime a clown is around she's losing her shit so you know they're a little unsettling <laughs> uh what is your least favorite style of music country really <laughs> yes um, and like the, I know that was really harsh and I'm sorry for any country <laughs> fans that'll listen to this. I should be a little more sensitive. Um, I just know what it is. Maybe it's because I've been surrounded by it my entire life because my mom's side of the family. So like all of her sisters and her mother and father, they grew up in the Berkshires, um, in Massachusetts. Yeah. That, so those are closest they, to me. That's all country. Oh, yeah, it is. Um, they love country music. So the most country or folk-like I get is, like, Hank Williams or Johnny Cash. But, like, beyond that, when you're talking about drink, uh, singing songs about cold beers and riding your tractor, like, I'm good. <laughs> no Dolly for you? Uh, I mean, okay, Dolly, yes. I do like Dolly just because she's such an icon and she, like, you know... I, I will sing, I will do some car karaoke to Jolene any day. <laughs> Dolly's one of my absolute favorites. I love her so much. Yeah, no, she's fantastic. I do love Dolly. Uh, so I guess I don't hate all country. No, just kind of the, the bullshit country where the lyrics don't seem to have a purpose. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. that's kind of my take on it, too. Like, I like 
certain country, but I don't really like the pop country that's on the radio a lot. Right. Uh, this is a standard of the show. Grape or strawberry jelly? Strawberry. Oh, no. Why? You like grape? I'm grape jelly gang for life. Oh, man. I love strawberry jelly. Like, it's <laughs> to the point where if I go out for breakfast and I see that there's jelly packets on the table, before I even order, I will steal all the strawberry for myself. Uh, what is the worst experience you've ever had coloring your hair? pretty safe doing it myself but there was this one time where my hairdresser so I mean it's no lie my hair is 100% processed and fake <laughs> and I pay top freaking dollar for it Um, but there was this one time where my hairdresser she wanted to try out new products and she was like hey like I know we have your formula written out like this but like would you be willing to try this new this new red hair dye. I was like, sure, why not? So we try it, and it was just not a good brand. It was any fault of her own. Um, but it just, within two weeks, started fading. And, like, right after getting it done, and then, like, by week three, I had, like, faded pink hair. And I'm not, you know, I'm not a girly girl, so seeing myself with pink hair was just really <laughs> weird. Just really weird. Yeah, I can I can see that. Uh, or like when I get my hair done, because you know you gotta bleach the roots, because I'm a I'm a natural brunette. And um, so when I go in to get my hair done, like the 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 works, if you will, um, <laughs> I have to bleach my roots, so I look like a reverse sunburst. I call it my vitamin C hair. If you remember who that is? Yes, I do. <laughs> Oh, man, that makes me feel old that I remember. <laughs> and then every time I look at myself, like, because that's like the halfway mark of the process where she bleaches the root and then dries it out a little before she puts the red on. I always sing the grad, uh, the graduation <laughs> song. And the last question, the standard bearer of the show, what is the creepiest basement you've ever been in and why? Oh, my, my, my freaking current basement that I have because so I live in an apartment. Um, and the basement is not real. It's like storm doors that lead down into this dirt floor room that like, I guess acts as protection if there were to be any sort of weather catastrophe, but it's very terrifying. And I remember one winter when my pipes froze and we had to like go down there and kind of like air dry or use a hair dryer to um warm the pipes back up so the water would run and i was terrified <laughs> I was a- to mention that like when the lights go out the breakers are in the um basement so yeah it's not a good time i don't know why the landlord wouldn't put heat tape on the pipes so that they wouldn't freeze it's pretty terrible it's pretty <laughs> it's, it's pretty terrible our basement is terrifying and, like, I made this joke about wanting to release wrestling content with my boyfriend. And, like, I was like, dude, throw me onto the storm door that leads to the basement. And he was like, no, you'd probably go crashing through it and fall down the cement stairs and, like, die. I was like, oh, yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> That's not a good way to go. You don't want your, your soul to be trapped in the basement forever. <laughs> no, not that one. <laughs> All right, Juicy, thank you so much for doing this. I had such a fun time. Uh, I'm, I'm so happy you said yes. 
this is fantastic. Thank you for having me. Uh, so stay safe, stay healthy. Oh, list all your social medias and throw your merch stuff out so people can oh, spend money. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, um, and the handle's all the same. It's at um, it's the app sign. It's Big Juicy with three Y's because <laughs> Juicy with one Y was already taken. Um, uh, and again, that's on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And then I don't have a website for merch and everything at the moment. I'm kind of in the process. But if you find me on my Facebook page or any sorts of social media, I have posted all of my inventory. And just send me a DM and we'll get you hooked up. I just have to wait for you to have shirts in my size and then I'll, I'll hit you up. Listen, you'd be surprised. I got sizes for days, my friend. You hit me up and we'll make it work. You got any 4X? I can make it real fast. <laughs> All right. You hit, hit, hit me back if you want it for real. We'll make it happen. Yeah, definitely. I'll get at you. Don't worry. <laughs> All right. Uh, so stay safe. You know, that's important right now. Yes. You too. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying. I'm in a basement. I can't really get out. So. <laughs> that's true. Trap. Alone in the basement, trapped. Stay there forever. Uh, no, my basement's. Again. <laughs> uh, I don't know if you know the reason of why it's my podcast is done down here, but my basement is actually super fucking terrifying. Oh wow! But it's the only place in the house I can go where no one will be around. <laughs> well, you know, then then more power to you. Yeah, live it up. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying. <laughs> I'm getting more used to it. If that's anything. Uh, You're getting acclimated. Yeah. There you go. Uh, I would definitely love to have you on again once the world's running and you get some more, you know, stuff to do. Uh, absolutely. All right, Juicy. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, everybody. That was Big Juicy. She told you where to follow her, where to get merch, all that stuff. That's all super important. Yeah, I know. Support your local indie wrestlers. And all the indie wrestlers I've had on my show who may not be local to you. Um, That's all I got. You know where to find me on Facebook and Instagram. It is Alone in the Basement. Twitter's AITB Podcast. Uh, As always, thank you to my beautiful, wonderful wife, Shelby, for putting up with my shit and my inability to change a car battery. That's a long story. I stripped a nut. I have to go to the store later. It's it's a a nightmare. Um, And that's about it. I love all you guys, and I will see you in a couple days. All right. Bye.